name is Prisha Ramsarup and I am the director of the Center for Researching Education and Labor at the University of Advardestrand. And today I have the pleasure to chat to the PCTA CEO, Bontler Lerumo. So as part of the PCTA Real Research Partnership, Real has undertaken to produce a number of podcasts. The intention of this PCTA podcast series is firstly to showcase the findings of some of the key areas of research that have been conducted for on behalf of PCTA and secondly to reflect and engage with some of the key issues that are facing the public sector in terms of issues around skills, capabilities, competence and capacity. So this podcast series will focus on areas like unpacking the notion of the performing state, what skills can and can't do for a capable state, skills planning in the public sector, and what is needed to facilitate the building of the capable state. So it's a very interesting series that PCTA has led the development of, and I'm sure that the series of 10 podcasts are going to be really interesting for all of you to listen to, stakeholders, as well as people who are interested in public sector issues. But today, we will be talking specifically to the PCTA CEO, Bontley. Bontley, thank you for making time to chat to us this morning. So, to kick off, maybe Bontley, if you can tell us a little bit about PCTA and what you see as PCTA's mandate in relation to building a skilled and capable state. Over to you, Bontley. Good morning, Prasha. Let me start with PCTA's mandate. PCTA is one of the 21 sector education training authorities that have been established through the Skills Development Act. In terms of the scope of coverage, we are responsible for national, provincial, as well as PCTA registered public entities and the legislatures. So in terms of the legislatures, our focus is on parliament as well as the provincial legislatures. Medium-term strategic framework priority one of building a capable ethical and developmental state, it is at the core of PCTA's mandate. As PCTA, our role is to address the transversal skills needs across the state. By transversal, we refer into skills such as administration, leadership, management, policy development, etc. So these are the skills that are cross-cutting across government. And these are the skills and competencies that will make government to deliver effective and efficient services. The public service sector's developmental and transformative role in South Africa is very significant. So if government is to address the issues of economic, employment, social development challenges that are facing our country, the capability of the state must encompass skilled public servants. Skilled public servants will drive and implement strategies, priorities of government. Thanks, Bontle. I think that that was very useful to kind of set the scene for how we're seeing skilled and capable employees within the public sector and the role of what a skilled intermediary could actually play within the PSET system. So let's move on to the next question. 
So how do you think PCTA itself can contribute to the development of skills in the public service? SPCTA, our vision is to be at the heart of developing skilled, capable, innovative public sector workforce. This vision is underpinned by the National Skills Development Plan, which envisages an educated, skills and capable workforce. The workforce will then contribute towards economic growth, employment creation, productivity and social development. So as a CETA, our commitment of a skilled, capable and innovative public sector workforce really sits at the interface between state capacity and state capability. That is in the National Development Plan's vision of a capable, professional, developmental state. As you are aware, pressure, streamlining skills development interventions within the public service requires a very nuanced approach. Unlike other sectors of the economy, training and development resources within the public sector are retained by the employer. In other words, the training budget is with the government departments, and yet other CETAs, they are receiving levies from their stakeholders. As a CETA, we've taken a strategic approach to influence the types and areas of skills development and training initiatives that have been taking place just to ensure that finances are reprioritized and redirected to areas where there is a need. Furthermore, we've noticed that skills development in isolation will not yield a more capable state. So we want to make sure that skills development is seen through an organizational lens in terms of the mandate of a particular department. So what we're doing is that we're looking at a priority skill that will make a difference in a government department in order to ensure that the department performs. And then we ensure that the training interventions that are taking place address then the gaps that are there in order for departments to perform effectively rather. Thanks. Thanks, Montle. That was really interesting. I think trying to get the system to become more coherent and work together is an important vision for building the skill system. So what do you think are some of the main challenges that are being experienced in determining and addressing skills needs for a capable public service? PCTA regards sector skills planning as an evidence-based, stakeholder-led strategy-making process. So we always want to ensure that we involve our stakeholders or receive input from our stakeholders that will inform the training interventions that will take place. So a continued focus is always on identifying and addressing the skills needs that are needed to improve the state capacities as listed in the Chapter 13 of the National Development Plan. However, the main challenge in the sector is bridging the demand and supply in the public service to deliver the required skills. If you look at building the demand side capacity, we require alignment of the planning processes because currently our processes are a bit fragmented. So there's a need for a more coherent planning process, specifically when you look at HR planning and also workplace skills and plans and tools that are being used. We also want to look at focusing on expenditure. Like I said earlier on, the funds that are spent for training must be redirected to priority areas. Challenges of linking coaching to performance management and furthermore, just opening up the public service 
to be a training space. Then on the supply side, building the capacity requires a need to foster dialogue and partnerships, ensuring that qualifications are aligned to job requirements, investing in public institutions and academies, because in the sector we've got your provincial and sector academies and there is a need to make sure that we invest in the academies to influence the curricula that is being offered by the academies because those curricula, it's one of the ways of addressing the skills needs in the sector. And also where there's a need, will accredit the skills development providers. So overall, the enrollment retention and absorption rates in the sector are also key. And as a CETA, we have the view that by building both the demand and the supply side through the various interventions, we will be able to tackle the challenges and needs of uh, building a capable public service. Thanks, Bontle. I think that vision of how we can work with the challenges that are facing the PSET sector and actually create opportunities that can build a system, I think is extremely important. So thanks for sharing that vision with us. So my next question, Bontle, is how do you think the future of work is a very important issue under discussion and many people are talking about the future of work. And I'm sure within PCTA you all are thinking about how to conceive the future of work and how PCTA itself can make a contribution towards rethinking the future of work and what a CETA should be doing in this space. So do you want to comment a little bit about how you are working with this future of work idea? That is true, Prisha. The world of work is changing, and as a CETA, we've taken an approach of engaging in initiatives to prepare the sector for the future. I'm just going to touch on some of the key initiatives. The first one is the future of work in the public service research that is being conducted in partnership with Swan University of Technology, the Institute of Future of Work. The project is looking into the skills profile of a high-performing model public servant, we're looking into the competences of a future model public service, the emerging occupations, because as a city we have the view that in the future some of the occupations that are currently in the sector will be redundant. We're also looking into the qualifications, issues of uh, skills training, upskilling and reskilling needs that will be required in order to reskill and upskill the current cohort. Lastly, we're looking into the current and future ICT needs because we have the view that for the public service to perform, we need to leverage technology to deliver services. The second one is a Future of Work Ambassadors program. This is in partnership with the DPSA, the National Youth Development Agency, as well as the UNDP, the United Nations Development Program. This program, we've brought together a cohort of interns that will be ambassadors and set a template of how internships should be run with government. We've received concerns regarding the implementation of internships. So in order for us to review the internship program, we are going to make sure that we use the findings or the learnings that we note from the implementation of this program. So the purpose of the program is to bring a different approach to government's graduate recruitment program that is more focused on future skills. The graduate interns have been placed across various government departments for a period of 24 months and they have dedicated mentors. 
The other program is a digital entrepreneurship program. Here, Peace CETA has partnered with the National Electronic Media Institute of South Africa, NEMISA, to roll out a program, and this time the target is our SMMEs. The program offers advanced digital, inter advanced digital skills to the SMMEs to assist them to develop knowledge of digital skills for exploring, starting, growing a digital enterprise amongst SMMEs. Right, and then lastly, we've got the Atopili Digital Skills. This one is in partnership with Microsoft South Africa to provide digital skills to the public sector employees. We noted uh, pressure from the research that was conducted by VIRTS on e-learning in the sector that there is a need to develop basic digital literacy skills. So this project it's, it's informed by the outcome of the research that uh, VIRTS has conducted in partnership with PCTA. Public servants will have free access to learning content that is ranging from entry-level digital literacy skills to advanced skills for technical roles. The courses are offered basic digital skills, digital literacy, Microsoft programs, how to utilize Excel, how to work on New Word, Teams, as well as the advanced ones for more technical individuals. We don't want to take advantage that all of us understand how to work on Excel or how to work on Teams, and that's the reason why we've just made sure that we start from the basic up to the more technical or advanced skills. And then lastly, there is a program. This one, we're targeting rural youth. It is in partnership with NYDA, and we also partner with uh, provincial departments. The one that we are currently implementing is in partnership with KwaZulu-Natal Department for Social Development. It's a learnership program where we're targeting unemployed youth with disabilities. The provincial government is providing learning resources, equipment, learning centers, as well as social support to the learners. It is called a New Venture Creation Learnership Program. The program is offered for 12 months and the aim is to provide entrepreneurial skills to the youth. Like I say, we're rolling it out in KZN this year. The intention is to roll it out to in the Northern Cape, as well as the Free State next year, and thereafter we'll take it to the other provinces. I'm sure you might have noticed that I keep on mentioning more collaborations and partnerships because as a CETA, our strategy is based on strategic partnerships and collaborations. We are of the view that as we are a CETA that doesn't have a lot of money or limited budget resources, but for us to implement our mandate, we can do that through strategic partnerships and collaborations. Thanks, Prisha. Thank you, Bontle. Those were some really interesting initiatives and quite a wide range. And we could see the multiple levels at which the CETA is actually working to engage and build this vision of a capable state. So I want to say thank you for sharing your insights on what PCTA is doing and how PCTA sees the development of the capable state and some of the visions that you as PCTA are building and the initiatives that you're putting in place. So thank you so much, Bontle, for your time this morning. Over to you for the last word. Thank you, Prisha. And also let me just thank Vitz for arranging a series of podcasts because through this it will give us insight into what is it that we can do as a PCTA in order to contribute towards building a capable professional development. 
of mental health state. So thank you. Thank you very much.